been some time, and it's not a regular episode. We've been quiet because around the time when we were supposed to post the third episode, we both lost people that were close to us, and obviously, podcast was not on top of our priority list. Uh, but because we had a lot of very emotional, sad, but also very beautiful conversations, we decided to use this episode to share with you some of our experiences about grief. And although it all happened around a similar time, the situations and the experiences were completely individual and different. And well, to me, it was a slow process of losing my grandfather to Alzheimer's and Before that, I've never lost anyone, so so um, it was the first time going through something like this and going through these emotions. And over the past six or maybe seven years, um, we were slowly getting acquainted with that thought and we were getting ready for it. But honestly, the moment it happened, I was not ready. On the other hand, I did not lose a family member. I lost my best friend who was of my age. And this was for me personally the hardest part because you just don't expect people in their 20s to to leave you. And although I experienced already grieving in my past, this was very, very different. But we are not here to talk about what happened or how it happened. We want to talk about what happens after grieving. So, to stick to the regular formula, how to grieve? And there's a very, very simple answer to that. Any how you want. The most important thing is to do whatever you feel like and not to do what people expect you to do. Yeah, that's true. Because whatever we're going to say now, it's a fully individual experience that may be similar to yours or maybe completely the opposite. So, Claudia, what worked for you? I think one of the things that for sure helped the most for me individually was writing. And now I mean both writing to my best friend, the things that I I didn't get to say or I cannot say anymore. In the very beginning, I would write every day something. Now it's a bit less, but I definitely know that every bigger part of my life, every time when something bigger is going to happen, I will sit down and I will write it to him because it's very important for me next to that I for example also wrote a little poem uh, which I dedicated to him it was very nice that uh, another of my best friends was so kind that he recorded it into a song so I can Aww. listen to it if I if I feel like it yeah so writing was definitely for me a big big part of my grieving oh that's a it's a really beautiful thing not only from you but also from your friend mm-hmm. that you could share and combine your, let's say, talents or creations together to um, go through it together. Actually, yeah. so you would say that it's, in a sense, just occupying yourself with a with a task or with doing something. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I, I think I experienced it similarly because I felt the need to occupy myself with doing things, with arranging all of the formalities that go after such an event or simply simply do to let go of these emotions through basically physical actions Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah that was uh, one thing that actually worked for me Uh, and also another thing that I experienced was like to use this moment 
to give myself the time and also the privilege to look back at all the memories we had together, to really, to really make sure that I use that time to reflect on the memories and think of the memories that I had in me, but didn't think about them for such a long time. Yeah, just definitely. Memories are so important in this moment. And that was actually something I had to learn a bit because I would feel that every time when I would think of some memory or I would try to even memorize as much as possible, I would start to be very sad and very depressed. And I had to learn to be able to think of my best friend, uh, to think of our memories and feel happy. Feel happy for yeah. these memories that we have, that we could have. And yeah, actually talking about emotions, emotions were also such a big thing to process for me because I had to, I had to sort of <clears throat> learn, for instance, that I don't have to be angry at myself if I feel happy. If mm -hmm. I would feel happy, I would rather start thinking like, what are you doing? Why would you feel like this? Like, you, you cannot do that something horrible happened and you just cannot feel happy right now. So I had to learn that I am allowed to feel happy as well. I also had to learn that it's okay if I feel angry because oh, okay. I would sometimes feel very angry like at the world that this happened, like why, why would this happen? And then I would be, well, I would be angry at myself for feeling angry. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was also very important for me to understand that I have to let the emotions flow. And if I feel something, I cannot keep it in myself because it's definitely not going to go away. Yeah, fighting it doesn't really make it go away, does it? Yeah, that's actually like really interesting to like connect like the emotions and the flow because I actually experience it like slightly different, like rather instead of the abundance of emotions and feelings, I felt the opposite. So I needed to respect and to be kindful to myself when I wasn't feeling any of that, when I was just feeling empty. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely that that's where this the entire idea of like how to and how not to like clashes here because definitely. we both experience it like completely differently, which is okay and mm -hmm. which is absolutely natural for everyone to feel different things or not feel different things and um and go through it like in their own individual way. Definitely. And, you know, there could be days when you feel very empty and that's absolutely okay. But then there could be days when you feel eight emotions at the same time <laughs> and it just kind of clashes all in you. And that's kind of part of it, that it can be everyday different or yeah. everyday the same. Yeah, that's the thing that is probably the most difficult about an experience like this is you can't find words to describe what you're feeling. Because if you're feeling yes. eight emotions at a time and it's anger, frustration, irritation, stress, grief, like how how do you name that? How do you how do you call it and how do you then communicate that to the world and to the people around you? Hey, this is how I'm feeling. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that is impossible. It's in these moments impossible. But okay, okay. Well, um another thing that helped me a lot with with grieving was to continue doing things that we would do with my best friend together so hmm. I would listen a lot to to the kind of music we would listen together I would watch tv shows that we love to watch together I was lucky lucky enough that I could mm, get some of his books 
So I am reading a lot through the books that he was reading, which is amazing. Sometimes there's, uh, he made a little notes, for oh, instance. That's so that's beautiful. that's like the best. I'm always so excited when I turn the page and I see something written with a, with a pencil. That's always amazing. So th- these things also really help a lot. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Like let's let's not think that this is not allowed anymore because they are not here and not around us. Like these are the experiences that continue to keep their memory alive and like continue to make you feel like they are still a very important part of your life and they were an important part of your life. Exactly. And they will be. (laughs) Yeah. And actually the last thing that like I didn't understand before and I needed to work through uh, in my experience was awaiting like a big moment of hysteria or like a breakdown and I was expecting a catharsis you know and actually it never arrived and it made me understand that grieving is so unpredictable and so individual and you just can't expect certain emotions to arrive in a very specific time. I would I would I don't think I would say it in a better way like I had I think the same, absolutely the same experience. Like in the first weeks, I thought that I just didn't fully realize what happened and that the full-on crisis is still about to come, but it didn't. And now I understand that for me, uh, at least, grieving is a very, very slow process, like ups and downs. It's like, for me, grieving is even the moment when I am doing something, I'm occupied and suddenly some some small thing just triggers you, you know, for instance, you hear a song (laughs) or you hear a sentence that you know that the person would say it in an an exact way, in the same exact way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's again for me the moment when I have to calm down, sit down and be in my thoughts for, for some time. But it also doesn't mean that I cannot do my normal, regular routine. It's just all part of it, kind of. Yeah, it's not really something that like has a specific ending point. Exactly. Because uh, throughout your life and throughout the experiences and memories that you're gonna you're gonna have and go through, you you're, you're gonna experience that differently, and you're gonna feel that loss differently. Sometimes it's stronger. Sometimes it's you know maybe a happy memory. Sometimes it triggers you, and it's 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 quite hard to say but in a sense like it is a never-ending experience okay so um since we talked about how to grieve to stick to the structure we can also talk about how not to grieve and once again there is no right or wrong it's just the things that didn't work for us and What actually didn't work for me was putting pressure on myself to feel a certain way. And uh, I only realized it after that, like the moment I let go and I allowed all the emotions in, even like, or all the feelings, you know, even the feeling of emptiness, that's when I could allow the process to start. And that's when I could allow myself to understand what my life is going to be like from now on. I, I very much understand it. I think I would call it a sort of 
movie like expectations of Greece. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's a really good one. That's what I really realized that in the beginning I would feel like maybe I'm not grieving enough or maybe I'm simply a bad person for not being hysterical, not being screaming and you know because I still had in my head these imaginations from a TV show when yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to say sound rude but like when, when a hamster dies and a person is like in a bed for three yeah. days. <laughs> Like, these kind of expectations we get com- constantly from media. And I was just not like that. So I felt really, really weird. And this also connects a bit to how I was uh, acting to other people. Mm-hmm. Because it was very, very hard for me to tell other people what happened. Uh, for two reasons, actually. First one is that I understand that these people or at all people, they simply cannot say anything. There is not, there isn't really, there are not really words that you can say for such a information. There is no advice or anything. So I understood that once I tell someone, these people also must feel a bit, I don't have to call it uncomfortable, but, you know, you are in a situation when there is not much to say. But... What also was not very much working for me, although I know that these people always meant so well and, you know, they were very kind, but I it was always hard for me to listen and if people came to me and they said, oh, you're so strong, you're just so strong, you're doing so well concerning the circumstances. And I, I get it that it's supposed to be nice, but for me it was always like, yeah, I don't feel strong. And I'm not, I'm not even sure if I want to be strong at this point, like... I I need to feel the emotions. I don't want to be strong. <laughs> yeah. So that was hard. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Like, I I also thought that, like, I needed to understand that I can't expect people around me to know what to say. And also to understand my feelings. Because even I can't understand them. And now, without further ado and prolonging... Let us just finish this uh, very special and different episode uh, with a quote that uh, felt we felt really strongly with uh, in both of the situations. The Egyptians believed that you die twice. Once when you take your final breath, and then again the last time someone says your name. They believe your spirit lives on as long as people kept remembering you.